Welcome everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin State's in the west end of Richmond, where it is Monday, uh, December the 12th, uh, bye week, or excuse me, not bye week, uh, exam break week means uh, we do a little bit of something extra, and this week we, we, we're going to have a couple podcasts for you. The first one, bring we're going to bring on uh, a good friend of the site, a good friend of, of mine, Mr. Tony Covington, play by our color commentator for uh, Virginia Sports Radio Network. Tony, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. What's up, player? I don't know it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I I told you off air. I, re- I know you got a whole lot going on, so I really appreciate a few minutes of your time. I, I know folks on the website have have certainly enjoyed your podcast, and I thought you know it would be a nice little change of pace to have you on on mine and, and kind of not necessarily go into the the nuts and bolts of what went wrong in, in 2016, but maybe to kind of focus a little bit on what needs to go right in 2017, and, and that's really where I want to uh, kind of start this this discussion. When you when you look back on this season, what's what's the thing that to you um, has to be fixed in order for Virginia to to start to claw back? What what is the the big the big piece of the puzzle to you? Is it the quarterback? Is it the scheme? Is it two things connected? What's the big thing to you that just has to be fixed in order for the Cavaliers to turn things around next year? Yeah, man, I, I tell you, for me, I look at uh, the sense of urgency. Brad and and I, I think a lot of us really realize that it, it, you have to build it inside out, you know, and that, that means that having the big uglies in place, both on the defensive front and the offensive front. Uh, I think we were trying to do a lot with smoke and mirrors this year. Uh, you know, offensive line had experience and by and large stayed healthy. Uh, but I still think that there was a lot you know, it left a lot to be desired. I think that uh, it, it it affected Kurt. Uh, it affected the running game. It affected it affected every part of the of the offense. You know, and you you throw that on top of a young team, an inexperienced team, trying to learn a new scheme, both on on both sides of the ball, and and it's it, it makes for for an uphill battle. And so I think you know moving forward. We have to build and we have to get some continuity uh, on the offensive line. And I think we have to decide, you know, are we going to run it? Are we going to pass it? And whatever we're going to do, if there's going to be some mix of, of both, you know, utilize the talent that that is is there. You know, whether it's, you know, using uh, Alameda more or using the running backs more or, you know, taking the talent that you have and putting him in the best position to be successful. Yeah, I, my if I if you had asked me first, I, I, a lot of my answer would sound very similar. I think for me, the the, the brass tax gets down to, at some level, you got to be who you gonna be, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. too too much this season. You saw them trying their best to 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 take around uh, a round thing and and make it not necessarily fit in a square hole, but maybe look like a square hole. You feel me? Right. Like, it was almost right. like they said, okay, we we don't have what we need to do. To, to, to be who we want to be. So let's try to be the best we can be at doing something else. And so they never really seemed to coalesce around an idea. You know, it was huddle, it was no huddle. It was spread, but it wasn't. It was read option, right. but it wasn't. It was run right. pass option, but it wasn't. You know, oh, everything was scramble drills, everything's downfield, but we also want to run the ball. Like, they, they never had a cohesive kind of um, idea of who they were going to be. And then I, I, I think because of that, 
you did not see guys developing on offense the way you saw kids developing on defense. Like, you think about some of those young guys, like, and I don't mean to throw any shade here, but I'm just being honest. Kids that did not have a whole lot of offers out of, out of high school, kids that he's coaching up, but he's coaching to his system. He, they did not change who they were defensively throughout the year. And that defense, maybe they gave up some big plays and maybe they weren't as consistent as they wanted to be, but you saw development. And I think that's the big piece of the puzzle that was so missing on offense was that, like, you never just – other than, than Taekwon, you just did not see guys continuing to develop and develop in the scheme. And I think I agree with you. The thing that I think they need to, to do the biggest thing of is beyond fixing the offensive line, beyond uh, finding a quarterback, it's knowing what they want to be offensively. And I think that is the biggest uh, whiff of the 2016 season is – I think myself and others saw what they did at BYU, the way they were able to switch between uh, a dual threat when Taysom Hill got hurt and go into Tanner Mangrum in a, in a true pocket passer kind of role. And we thought, hey, this is a group that knows how to adapt itself to talent. They tried almost too hard. It's almost like they, coursed, they, they went too far. They, they, they went off the rails trying to, to, to correct it, and it just never, uh, like I said, it just never coalesced for me. Uh, defensively, I, I got to say, Regardless of whether or not uh, Quinn comes back, and I, I know there's lots of discussion, uh, in, no matter where you, you find it, as to whether or not that's going to be the case. But even regardless of whether or not he comes back, I, I really like this defense next year. What are your thoughts on, on, on the defensive side of the ball? Because I think a lot of us, uh, you and me are probably on the same page on this, that issues offensively are, are abound. I mean, they're everywhere. But defensively, you feel like, you know what, other than maybe nose tackle, it's pretty straight. What do you think of that defense going into next season and kind of the future of what uh, – you know how it is to, to build a, a sustainable model on, on that side of the ball. How do you feel about the talent you've seen Virginia put out there and the scheme that you've seen them use so far? Yeah, well, it's it's different. It's different. I mean, I played in a 4-3, and, and this, is, this is very different for me, so it's kind of doing a little bit of learning. Uh, but I do know that you do need – somebody like Adante Wilkins in that middle on the nose. So that that's going to be key to fill that position uh, because I think that that is a kind of make or break position in the, in the 34. Uh, you, you're set. Uh, you're, you're, I think we're in good shape with Micah Kaiser. Uh, Brandon uh, uh, Word has showed some things. And I think as he will continue to improve uh, once he continues to learn from Mike of playing beside him, you know, Landon's got a lot of ability. He runs, he's big, uh, and he has, he makes plays, but you know, he's young. So he still has to learn and work on his craft, the, the subtle nuances uh, of knowing the defense, not just lining up when it's just a, a basic offense, basic offense is set up. But when they start going motions, they start pulling guys, uh, you know, knowing all the subtle parts of it and being where you're supposed to be, where he can just not just think about his assignment, but he can actually go and play free like Micah does because Micah's so so in tuned with what Coach Mendenhall wants to do. I would, I, I ideally, hey, I'd love to see, you know, those outside backers be 235, 240, 6'3", 6'4", you know, just bringing, wreaking havoc coming off the edge. Uh, because that's what you know. That's what I see uh, as being effective when I look at Coach Mendenhall's defenses at BYU. He had those big guys that that he was able to do that with. I think he was kind of forced to be able to to have uh, you know the guys that he had this year. 
uh, with Chris Pease and, and Jordan Mack, uh, and, and both performed admirably. You know, but I think another year with both of those guys in the defense, uh, you know, I, I'd love to see a guy emerge uh, to, to take it from Max O'Mac and go back to his true position at safety. But, man, hey, if they can put some more weight on him, he, he has proven that he can be a player. Uh, when you look at the secondary, it will be great to have Tim back, uh, and it'll be interesting to see who they have, who they decide to keep at corner. I personally would love to see Tim on one side, Bryce Hall on the other, and I would love to see uh, them put Thornhill at free safety because he, he's rangy. I think Virginia has been missing that true free safety, uh, somebody that, that has range and, and can cover a lot of space. Uh, they've been trying to do it with Quinn and Rainey, and both of those guys are in-the-box guys. Uh, they need to be around the football making plays. Uh, and so I think there is a really, really good nucleus with some of the young guys that are coming in recruiting-wise, uh, Blunt and, and, and those type of guys. I think they can really, really grow, and, and it would, the minutes that they got as such a young defense will prove vital next year, uh, especially uh, with guys like Terrell getting some reps, uh, you know, all those guys, it's going to benefit them in the long haul. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of feel that I'm, I, me and you have had this conversation about safety for, I feel like we do this <laughs> every other game uh, for like the last couple of years. But I, one of my one of my things that I kind of hope comes out of, of Quinn testing the NFL waters is that perhaps the NFL comes back and says, we want to see you at strong safety. We, we believe you're a strong safety at the next level. And maybe that could that could be a, a, a conduit, so to speak. I agree with you. I think you can use Thornhill uh, in in that role at, at free in a way that you couldn't use um, either Quinn or Kelvin, depending on how, who who was really back there at that point. Um, the thing that I like the most about Thornhill is his versatility, and I think because you do have you're, you're all the, you're going to stumble into a whole bunch of, uh, of 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 experienced defensive backs, right? Because he, let's say Quinn stays, you you got Quinn, Tim, uh, Juan, Bryce back. You still got. Um, 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 the, Miles Robinson. Yeah, you got Miles Robinson coming back. You you got um the oh what the the tiny kid. What's his name? I always forget his name. Uh, oh, Gibson. Yeah, Gibson. you got Kareem coming back. Uh, and you also got Chris Moore coming back. Uh, who who got some burn last year or this past season in the nickel? You got a whole lot of dudes who've played. So now you can. Right. I think you can do a lot of different things. One thing I would like to see him do is to be a little bit more. Um aggressive with if you do have Thornhill in that role because you can do a lot of different things beyond just basically waiting for the offense to take its shot you you can kind of force the issue a little bit especially because I think you're right the edge the edge guys uh you're going to get Malcolm Cook back you're 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 going to get Jordan Mack with a whole year of of offseason development under his belt um I like that talent on the edge and I think you're right I think that's the piece that really kind of clicks the thing for me is I, I thought there were times this year where they needed to be more aggressive. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean blitzing. I mean laying back in coverage, um, giving a little bit too much of a cushion. And I know they were trying to they were trying to take care of kids. I get that. But you're going to have enough back. And I, that's something I'd like to see Coach kind of transition to, which is, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go lock up. And if guys get beat, guys get beat. That's okay. But we're not going to give up eight or nine yards just because you know what I'm saying like I, I think that they're, right. they're going to have the talent and certainly uh guys and with the experience to be able to to get in there I think that there were too many easy throws that they gave quarterbacks because like I said and I understand they were trying to 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 
to protect guys from making those big mistakes. And I know that there were several games where you had a big play that happened mainly because somebody was almost in the right position but wasn't quite in the right position and then missed a tackle or missed a play and you know somebody you know rumbled you know however many yards. But to me, I kind of see it similar to the way you do. Um, you have listened uh, to Coach Mendenhall after all these games. Um, you you know how it was playing for Coach Welsh. I think there were a lot of us who who saw a lot of Coach Welsh in Coach Mendenhall when he first was announced as the head coach and some of the things he he did in in the spring and talked about. Um, well, do you feel like that was somewhat wishful thinking on our part, or are there some correlations that lead you to believe that that coach can can still write this ship? Like, where where are you at coming out of this season, going into the future? How do you feel about what you're seeing from them, and maybe the way that they need to correct some of the things that they clearly made mistakes on going into this year? Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and and I told Coach Mendenhall that he reminded me a lot of, of Coach Welsh and some of the things that he was trying to implement that first year because I remember coming here as a first-year kid and just the hard-nosed nature that, that was here waiting for me. You know, it was we had an awesome strength coach in John Gamble, and our mantra was whatever it takes. And so I saw a lot of that. But I think, honestly, you know, if we just going to be candid, we were a different, we were different kind of kids, though. You know, we right. truly had chip on our shoulders. You know, we didn't come in five-star kid. You know, I don't even know they had stars back then. But we came in with an attitude, and we played for each other. It meant something to us each and every week, and, and we worked to build a legacy. And I think it is extremely important to have the alumni come back from those eras, those successful eras, and be a part of the program, be a part of these young men, so that we can have those kind of discussions about why it means so much to us and why we are still, we're so far removed and we're so passionate about what, you know, about Virginia football. And and I think that's that's a big piece right there, Brad, because I think that is that it is missing, because if you look at kind of the way that Virginia has gone this last 10 years or so, there hasn't been a lot of success. And so, you know, you got guys who may have gone on to the NFL and played hard. They didn't win. And so the culture kind of fell to a losing type of culture. And so, it, it it's tough to, to, to overcome that if you don't if you aren't around guys who won and talk to them about how they won. Uh, because you know, with, with these kids, they've got a lot of talent. When I look at these kids, man, they're more talented than we more talented than we were, but our heart was way bigger, you know, and we play for you, our brotherhood was so strong. You know, we, we went about it the right way. We worked out crazy in the off season, you know, when we were over at U Haul, but we also hung together very closely. You know, we didn't we didn't get into crazy, crazy shenanigans. We we hung together, we were tight, uh, and we re, we respected the heck out of our coaches and we know that Coach Welsh was no nonsense. Obi, no nonsense, Spaziani, no nonsense. You know, and we held each other accountable. We we learned from the from the upperclassmen how to go about the business, and you know we we took that over and we we flipped the whole script and turned the program around. And I think that that's what's going to be needed uh, in its entirety, man. That all of us come back and rally around these young kids and tell them 
why it's so important and show them why it's so important. You make a great point about attitude. I um, I was asked during the Virginia Tech week, um, and I feel like I may have gone on a rant on the podcast about it, but basically the point being that it matters more to, to Tech than it does to, to the kids right. at UVA and that the, the streak won't end. Granted, the streak won't end until they're, you know, schematically and in terms of the, the, the X's and O's as well as the Joe's that they're, they're, that, that, the, that the gap is not as great. But I remember being on the field a couple years ago in, in Charlottesville and watching the tech coaches getting those kids fired up. And they lit, and I'm not saying this as hyperbole. I'm serious. Like they were, they looked like they were about to go into battle. They were as hyped up and as, as, as all, just off the wall as anything I've ever seen in any sporting event I've ever covered at any level. All right. And I knew that day, like, yeah, this ain't, this ain't going well for, for UVA. Um, and, and then you, you get the same stuff. You know, just another game. Uh, we're, we're treating this like any other game. No, it's, it's just not. And to me, right. until that piece changes, until it becomes an ownership thing. I mean, I saw Augie Connie from Tech taking shots at UVA again today. Like, on some level, it, it becomes a mindset. And, and I'm not saying that you can't have a successful football program if – if you don't talk to, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But my point is, is that it has to matter to you. And you speak the, your point about, you know, the heart piece. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to call these kids into question. Certainly. I, I, I think they give everything they got. It's, it's gotta be tough to lose as much as these kids have lost over their careers. The, the difference is, is like you, 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 you kind of pointed out, you guys had an example modeled for you. Whereas these kids are basically trying to invent one out of thin air. And, right. you know, it's kind of like the idea it, it losing begets losing. It, it, winning mm-hmm. begets winning. What you what you do has a direct impact on what you're going to do. And it's and it's right. tough to just all of a sudden change that momentum, get that ship turned in the other direction. The thing that I, I feel like I use the tech game as an example. It can't be just we did hard things together. That was a common refrain we heard right coming out of, of fall camp right. we're doing hard. Right. Like that's a part of it. But it's got to be more than that, and it's got to be a pride thing. And I feel like on some level, I don't want to say like they almost needed to age out of it, but there's a reason to me that a lot of the young kids who played this year played well. You got kids out there who had not had a lot of experience. What's the old adage? They don't know what they don't know. Like Mm -hmm. these kids did not – they weren't – I don't want to say tainted, but they did not have the impact of the previous years and the losing and such. Now, I understand that this season did not go – uh, the way that everybody wanted to, certainly the way we all thought it was going to go after that Duke game. I mean, they're on a two-game winning streak. Uh, going into the bye week, you felt they were making progress. You could see real demonstrative results. And then it just kind of vanished somewhere in that pit game. I'm not trying to say that these kids didn't lose, but I do think that they went out there and played at a uh, at a pretty consistent clip for guys who were as young as they were. And I agree with you. It's an attitude thing, and it does take time. My only worry as I watched the tech game unfold was how much, how much, how much, how, like how steep is the hill? Because you can get a certain amount of way up the hill on, on guts and, and attitude. You can get a certain amount more with really good schemes and you can get over the hump with, with good talent, but, but you got to fit all three of those pieces together. And my question is that it might take a while. You look at the trenches, they don't have the numbers right now that they need and and that's not a problem you can just throw one recruiting class at i see all these folks on the message board talking about like oh you know we need to get six or seven yeah that's that's great but you're not going to get eight or nine 
Like you got to right. address it over a course of years. It cannot be something where right. it just happens. Otherwise, you're going to have ten linemen that you got to replace in three years, and right. and you're going to find yourself in the same hole. So I just kind of think of it in terms of the hill, like how how steep is that thing? Um, and then all, at the same time, like how how can you manage to get over that over that hump when you have so much pulling you back down? And I think that's the right. that's the piece that you guys obviously. Because you had you had something modeled for you, so you knew what it looked like, you knew what it felt like, you knew what it sounded like, and you knew if you didn't do it, your butt was going to get in in a sling. You know, if you yep. didn't if you didn't if you didn't meet your obligation, you weren't going to play. You know, you weren't going to make it. You weren't going to cut it. How in, in in this day and age, with the kids that you 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 work with, these kids, you talk to them on a regular basis too. Where where's where's the disconnect? Like, what's the what's that next step for them this off season? Aside from just you know giving Frank Frank Wintrick everything they got, going as hard as they can go, um, and getting ready, is it a is it all is is it a is it a togetherness problem? Is it a uh, believing in yourself problem? Is it a believing the in the in the mission problem? Like, where do you feel like the disconnect is for these kids, kind of as they go forward? Man, I tell you, you, I think you hit it on the head. They're going to give Coach Wintrick everything that they can give him this offseason. They're going to crush in winter workouts. They're going to go out and crush in spring. But there, there's one thing that you can't that you can't give, and it's what they need more dog in them. Bottom line, and you know what that means. Yeah, I do. you know. And I think if they don't get that killer instinct. You know, that's the part that a coach can't give you. Right. You know, you can take guys through will development to try to get their, their the mental part to push past that point where you don't think you can push past. But when you don't have that dog in you uh, and you aren't willing to just flat out scrap and fight for the na- man next to you, man, you are battling uphill. And, and that goes to what you're saying about the difference in where – Virginia Tech is right now and where UVA is right now. You know, that wasn't a strong, incredible Virginia Tech defense. But they they got dog in them, though. You know, they smell blood in the water. On offense, same thing. You know, the difference in their offense, sure, they've got some, some pieces, probably a little bit better on the offensive line. But their trigger man came in and ran that offense, you know, took care of the football and utilized his weapons. And him being able to run the run the ball was an added threat, you know. And so, you, you when I look at that game, it, it is very hard for me to hear, "Hey, it's just another game." To your point, when it's not really just another game, this is personal and it's business. When you when you have rivalry games like that, and you see our guys are jumping up like they're amped, but it just looked like it's for show. Yeah, it's Whereas, little, yeah it, it kind of felt hollow. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It's smoke and mirrors as opposed to when you look at Tech, they're walking on the field saying, you know what, we know we're going to win. And I think Virginia's walking on the field saying, hey, we'd love to win, and we're going to try really hard today, but if it doesn't happen for us, then it doesn't happen. And then when adversity hits, because there has been that, that kind of losing culture, it, it just it's in the back of your mind, you know, to, to, to fight through that, man. I remember – my first year in the NFL, man, I was used to winning at Virginia, and we were we were losing, we were 0-5, and, and a veteran, Ricky Reynolds, came up to me. He said, listen, don't get caught up in the losing. Work on one aspect of your game every single day. 
but never get caught up in the losing. And I will never forget that because it helped me become a better player because all I did was work my tail off. And as a rookie, I was a leader because of how hard I worked and because of what I was willing to put out on that field every single Sunday. And so I think the guys – can they get there? Absolutely. But I think it's going to take more of the Micah Kaisers. It's going to take more of the Quinn Blandings, more guys that have that dog in them that just will take it to another level just because. Uh, and, and I think if they can get those kind of guys, if they can bring the, the young guys that came in this year, I saw some dog in some of those young guys, man. And if they can get more guys – then I think it'll carry over to guys that may not may not have that dog in them, but once they see the example of what it is and what it takes, I think they'll get it. That's a that that's a really good a really good kind of uh, I think a good frame for folks to look at this through. I like, and I get that people are frustrated. Don't get me wrong. I mean, listen, I deal <laughs> I deal with this. All, you know, my job is to basically put up with people's frustrations. So trust me, I get it. Um, and I also understand too why there are some people who are going to have to see the the team. They're going to have to see that dog come out. They're going to have to see the wins pile up a little bit before they kind of come back and buy in. Um, I I think it's only human for folks to kind of feel that way. When, you've, when you as a fan have put up with as much as I think Virginia football fans have put up with, but you, you only need to look at the, at the basketball side of things to see, like, listen, when that thing does happen, they'll be there. And and I think that's the that it's it's going to be a, a show me situation. Virginia's going to have to go out there and put some put some wins together. Going to it's not just about the 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 record. I think that they have next season. It's going to be about how everything happens. You know, it's going to be when they're when they're winning games. How do they look? When they win, when they lose games, how do they look? You know, I didn't have a problem with them um, at the time. You know, going out to Oregon and losing because you thought, oh, you know, it's Oregon, it's Austin Stadium. But then you see what happened at Oregon. You're like, man, that team was not really that great. Like they were talented in some spots, right. but you know, the wheels certainly came off. If you look at the losses that they had this season, and you think about what maybe could have been, it, it that it's a little bit, it's a little bit too. Uh, it's it's a little bit too what ify, you right? So you, you feel like you put a lot of energy into that. I'm not worried about that piece. What I'm worried about is, okay, what's the tangible thing that they have to do to get there next year? Because if they don't, look, there's going to be whole, all kinds of questions and concerns, and, I mean, who knows how long it'll take before the fans come back. My bigger point here is that is that you can you can fuss over – or worry about what's happened, or you can try to focus on what's coming. And I think your point is right. Like these guys have to take ownership, not just of themselves, but also of the program. Um, and it has to be about more than just we can do this together. It's that there has to be a belief in it. And and maybe mm-hmm. some of that comes from you know when you're changing as much as they change. Maybe it's tough. Maybe it's tough to do that in a certain amount of time. Um, but they certainly going into next year should have way more consistency and there shouldn't be these questions you shouldn't have there is no there's no room for error you know i don't, I don't care if they were 2 and 10 like they, improvement is improvement and it it does not it, improvement does not care how horrible you were like if they win if they win 4 or 5 games next year a lot of people will think that that's successful and i will say well who do they beat and who do they lose to because to me improvement is not it's not numbers based; it's reality based, right? They go out and lose a game, 
you know, 27 to 24 because another team just executed well in his final drive and kicked a, a game-winning 43-yard field goal. Hey, you know what? That might be an L, but you know what? If it was a hard-fought game and you can look at it and say, you know what, they didn't keep beat themselves, they made plays, they made the other team beat them, hey, tip your cap, move on. Like that to me is, is, the, is the baseline, you know? Like that to me is, is the place you want to be, which is when the other team has to beat you. There's been two. I mean, what's I forget what the number is. It's like it's a somewhat un- ridiculous number of the number of games in a row Virginia's had a turnover. That just breaking that forty one. I think it's forty one. I think man. you're right. I, I knew it was in the forties. I just didn't know how high. But like, think about that. Like, just that by itself, just not turning the ball over for a game, like, would be a novel concept. And 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 that in and of itself, think about just what it means to 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 play. A clean football game. We've not seen Virginia play a clean football game in 40-some games. Like, that's just unreal. Um, right. And I kind of feel like, to your point earlier, these guys have talent. Like, don't get that wrong. Like, I know a lot of people want to poo-poo the recruiting and stuff. Like, the, the, there's some talented kids in here. And certainly we've seen Coach Mendenhall being able to take some of these maybe underrated, under-the-radar kind of kids, um, guys who maybe weren't highly recruited, and turn them into something really quick. The bigger question is going to be how it all coalesces together. And, and I feel like offensively they have a lot of questions. They have to answer for themselves before they can ask the players to ask answer them um, for them. You feel me? Like I, I feel like Agreed. schematically they, they have a lot of things that they need to decide and they got to go out there and be who they're going to be. But the bigger point about losing and, and the culture, like you, I think they have a good foundation for that. I, I think the biggest thing that has to click in is, like you said, that that there is a piece of you – that just will not be denied. And they have kids who, who certainly play, play, played at a high level in high school, play, won a lot at the high school level. they got to figure out a way to, to, to kind of manufacture that on their own because it is the aspect of, the, of a winning program that just it, maybe it either comes or it doesn't. There is no, like, you know, it's not one of those things where you can just kind of, like, wish it to happen. You have to go out there and do it. Right. you got to go out there and, right. and make it happen. Uh, right. I wanna, and, and she, go ahead, Toe. Yeah, and you're right, man. You know, it's 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 steady improvement, man. You know, because to your point, hey, they win five, six games next year. I want to see improvement. You look at the games this year, Brad. There were a couple of plays in the number of games that were the difference between winning and losing. You look at UConn. You look at Wake. You know, you look at Louisville. You know, that's three wins that should have been we should have taken home right there. You know, you look at Pitt. All right, so we're we're in there for that game. Mm-hmm. That was another game that was a fifty-fifty game, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I I look at and the only game that I could say we were completely dominated in was Virginia Tech. Right. You know, there were a couple of plays here and there in a number of games: the Carolina game, the Miami game, a play here or there. You know, we're going down, we're driving. It's third and one. Keon Johnson has a pass, hits him right in the right chest. Yep. He drops it. We punt, they get the ball, a big explosive play, and the game gets out of hand. Yep. It's as simple as that, but that's the difference between winning and losing. It's very, very minute, you know. And so when, when you look at it, you say, man, you know, they're 2-10, and 10, they're so far away. I don't think so. I mean, that, that, because those games, <laughs> right. you look at it, those games were right there for the taking. So if you have five wins, Think about the, 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 what those three more wins would have done for the psyche of right. this young team. Right. All right? It's different. Then maybe they go into Virginia Tech with a different type of mentality. Right. So to your point, it's about if you don't win, I want to know 
how you lost. Mm-hmm. I want to see, did you, you know, was it, it was knocked down, drag out, or did you just go and just lay, you know, lay an egg? Right. Because and did, and did you know, did you know what you were doing? Did you know, did you have a, did you have a purpose and you were out there executing your purpose? You know, like, I, like I said, I remember, I remember Dex would say it time. I've heard Dex say this 10 times. They got them kids on scholarship too. Like yep. at some level, like you go out there, you play, you play, you, you, you execute. If the other team beats you, that's okay. As long as you're not beating yourself. And that's, right. the, that's to me, that might be the thing I'm looking for most in 2017 it's not beating yourself don't turn the ball over don't no, dropping passes you know other team is better hey that's okay you can't right. fix that what you can fix is how how you execute what you're doing and i feel like right. that's the first piece for this team aside from just the i think the staff coming together on an offensive identity certainly they're gonna have at least a running back like they're gonna have pieces like these these three kids in this class Two of them coming in early. Like, you're talking about two kids who, who got basically 2,000 yards and 33, 34 touchdowns between them. And, and the and the Keir kid from, from Millbrook is is also very good, very physical kid. Like, these guys fit perfectly in, in what we've historically seen from, from BYU's offense, not necessarily what we saw from Virginia's this year. Um, the quarterback piece obviously has to get, get settled. Offensive line obviously has to get settled. I'm not trying to gloss over those big, huge problems. But you do have something important for you, which is you're going to have some guys who can really run the football. The question is going to be how you're going to use them and what are you going to do with it. And I think um, as they move forward, that offensive question is, is clearly the biggest one, at least from a schematic standpoint, they have to answer. The bigger question for the players themselves is, is going to be getting to that place of not beating yourself, executing consistently, and, and moving the thing forward that way. And having something to build on, because like you said, a couple more wins here or there. It's funny because I think for a lot of people, they look at college football and they think, man, these teams are so great. Yes, there are a handful of teams that are very good, but everybody else, like 100 teams, are basically separated by decimal points, right? It's not like it used to be where, like, if you were Virginia, you were going to roll over Central Michigan, right? That's just not the way it is anymore. All the bad teams are better. And all the good teams aren't quite as good. Now, you're going to have a handful of teams. Like, nobody wants to go out there and play Bama. I get that. But you saw what Pitt did beating Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. um, I mean, excuse me, beating Clemson. You saw what, um, what, uh, what, what uh, Houston did beating Louisville. Mm-hmm. They, made, they made the cheat code look human. Um, and they manhandled them. Yeah, exactly. Manhandled them. And that's my point is that, like, the, the differences between – maybe team 75 and team 30 is really not that great. And so every every little bit you do to beat yourself, it, it's exponential. And that to me is the is the is the is the is the thing that kind of will, will be my lasting memory of this season, which is they have way more talent than they could show on the field and yet they had no idea like how to get it all together at once. Um, Woo, off, Ooh, you dropped a jewel there. Ooh, you <laughs> offensively, jewel. offensively, defensively, especially like they could never get out of their own way. And and if and if you think about going forward, there are a multitude of ways to start uh, a campaign. If you're a coach who's never missed a bowl game, and to be humbled as much as I think Bronco was, I mean, watching him in that Virginia Tech press conference, I mean, just didn't even seem like the same dude. I, I'm interested to see. Who, what it looks like when he comes out of the um, out of the lab, so to speak, in spring ball, and certainly to to see what what if he's made any changes uh, in terms of the strength and development aspect. You know, if if Coach Wintrick and his his group are doing things a little differently because of what they saw this year, 
Um, you know, I think will will wise look, these guys they they prove they'll give you everything they got. The question is, are you asking them the right questions? Are you giving them the right task to do? And I think that's the thing um that we're gonna have to obviously wait and see on, which is always the the, the fan's favorite thing. But look, man, I you have given me way more time than I expected to take, so I really appreciate <laughs> all you, good. you hanging all good. out with me for as long as you have. Tony Covington, my man, thank you for being on the show as always. Thanks to everybody out there for giving us a listen. We will be back in a couple nights to talk hoops. Uh, for Tony Covington, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We will see you soon.